This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Friday, December 15th, 2023. I'm back, everyone. Alabama was great, and now it's time to get you the news. But before we do that, you guys are aware that we have a new app, right? If not, you should download it right now. Head on over to your app store and type in Cross Politic, Fight, Laugh, Feast, or Pub TV. Once you find the app, you may need to update your app. Or if you have a Droid phone, you may need to delete your current FLF app and re-download it. Once re-downloaded, you will be able to listen to our content right on your mobile device. As always, if you'd like to sign up for a pub membership, you can head on over to FightLaughFeast.com. That's FightLaughFeast.com. Now, the news. We start with the economy. The Fed holds rates steady, indicates three cuts coming in 2024. The Federal Reserve on Wednesday held its key interest rate steady for the third straight time and set the table for multiple cuts to come in 2024 and beyond. With the inflation rate easing and the economy holding in, policymakers on the Federal Open Market Committee voted unanimously to keep the benchmark overnight borrowing rate in a targeted range between 5.25% and 5.5%. Along with the decision to stay on hold, committee members penciled in at least three rate cuts in 2024, assuming quarter percentage point increments. That's less than market pricing of four, but more aggressive than what officials had previously indicated. Markets had widely anticipated the decision to stay put, which could end a cycle that has seen 11 hikes, pushing the Fed funds rate to its highest level in more than 22 years. There was uncertainty, though, about how ambitious the FOMC might be regarding policy easing. Following the release of the decision, the Dow Jones Industrial Average jumped more than 400 points, surpassing 37,000 for the first time. The committee's dot plot of individual members' expectations indicates another four cuts in 2025, or a full percentage point. Three more reductions in 2026 would take the Fed funds rate down to between 2 and 2.25 percent, close to the long-run outlook though there was considerable dispersion in the estimates for the final two years. Markets, though, followed up the meeting and shared Jerome Powell's press conference by pricing in an even more aggressive rate cut path, anticipating 1.5 percentage points in reductions next year, double the FOMC's indicated pace. In a possible nod that hikes are over, the statement said that the committee would take multiple factors into account for any more policy tightening, a word that had not appeared previously. Along with the interest rate hike, the Fed has been following up to $95 billion a month in proceeds from maturing bonds to roll off its balance sheet. That process has continued and there has been no indication the Fed is willing to curtail that portion of policy tightening. That echoed new language in the post-meeting statement. The committee added the qualifier that inflation has eased over the past year while maintaining its description of prices as elevated. Fed officials see core inflation falling to 3.2% in 2023 and 2.4%. 4% in 2024 and then 2.2% in 2025, and finally gets back to the 2% target in 2026. Economic data released this week shows both consumer and wholesale prices were little changed in November. By some measures, though, the Fed is nearing its 2% inflation target. Bank of America's calculations indicate that the Fed's preferred inflation gauge will be around 3.1% year-over-year in November and actually could hit 2% six-month annualized rate, meeting the central bank's goal. The statement also noted that the economy has slowed after saying in November that activity had expanded at a strong pace. In the news conference, Powell said, quote, Recent indicators suggest that growth in economic activity has slowed substantially from the outsized pace seen in the third quarter. 
Even so, GDP is on track to expand around 2.5% for the year as a whole, end quote. Committee members upgraded gross domestic product to grow at a 2.6% annualized rate in 2023, a half percentage point increase from the last update in September. Officials see GDP at 1.4% in 2024, roughly unchanged from the previous outlook. Projections for the unemployment rate were largely unchanged at 3.8% in 2023, rising to 4.1% in subsequent years. Officials have stressed their willingness to hike rates again if inflation flares up. However, most have said that they can be patient now as they watch the impact the previous policy tightening moves are having on the U.S. economy. Stubbornly high prices have exacted a political toll on President Joe Biden, whose approval rating has suffered in large part because of negative sentiment on how he has handled the economy. There had been some speculation that the Fed could be reluctant to make any dramatic policy actions during a presidential election year, which looms large in 2024. However, with real rates or the difference between the Fed funds rate and inflation running high, the Fed would be more likely to act if the inflation data continues to cooperate. Moving on, even leftist governments around the world are moving to slash migration. Leftist governments in Denmark and Australia are adopting a more hardline stance on immigration than many notionally conservative governments. Australia's governing Labour Party has pledged to cut net immigration in half. Denmark's Social Democrats have pledged zero net immigration, a.k.a. balanced immigration. Australia, with a population of only around 25 million, suffered net immigration of around 510,000 in the year to June. The government has conceded the system is broken and in tatters, blaming the previous center-right government, saying they will reduce it to around 250,000 by June of 2025. There is growing acknowledgement that an ongoing housing crisis cannot be resolved if mass migration continues at current levels. Denmark, a generous welfare state, is going even further. They aim to balance the number of people entering the country against the number of people leaving, with the government insisting, quote, if you want to be a party of the working class and middle class, you have to ensure that migration has a manageable level, end quote. Social Democrat lawmaker Rasmus Stokeland explained his party's increasingly anti-immigration stance is the true left-wing position, saying, quote, the part of society that bears the brunt of unchecked migration is the working class population that we should be representing, he said. It is their children who have to go to school than experience cultural clashes. It is those people who have to experience the criminality and social problems that follow. The more privileged people in society will only meet migrants if they are the children of diplomats. So for them, the issue is not so clear, end quote. Denmark is also taking radical action to integrate their existing migration background population. Velosmos, a notorious suburban no-go zone, is being bulldozed to help integrate its predominantly non-Western residents. And now in some tragic news, suicide is consistently killing more U.S. soldiers than anything else, and that includes war. Suicide accounted for just under 40% of United States active military deaths as of December 2022, according to the Defense Casualty Analysis System, which found that U.S. military suicide rates have dramatically increased over the past several decades. Indeed, the current leading cause of death among servicemen is currently categorized as self-inflicted, with a total of 333 incidents last year. Suicide was recorded as almost 10% higher in prevalence than accidents, which there are 265. Yet last year represents a slight decrease in the rate of self-inflicted deaths compared to October 2020, 
which suicide rates were just under 41%. Suicide accounted for roughly 10% of military deaths when records began in 1980, with that figure remaining mostly stable until the 1990s in which the rate jumped to 23% in 1995. The rate of self-inflicted deaths fell sharply in the mid-2000s. However, much of the decline can be attributed to the increase in hostile action fatalities in 2008. Suicide rates across American society have reached unprecedented levels under the Biden government. With just under 50,000 people killing themselves in 2022, the rate was 14.3 people per 100,000, the highest since 19. 19- and finally this donations to harry and Meghan's woke charity collapse by 11 million dollars prince harry and Meghan merkel's archwell charitable foundation has reported a massive loss of a 11 million dollar year-on-year collapse in donations according to the foundation's website harry and Meghan aim to uplift and unite communities both local and global online and offline but that didn't happen. In a tax filing disclosed Tuesday, the nonprofit organization received just over $2 million in charitable contributions in 2022 compared to the $13 million in 2021. However, some $8.2 million in funds remain at the Archwell Foundation accounts. The 28-page report also details the charitable work the foundation has undertaken during 2023. The report stated, quote, We are committed to simple but profound mission. Show up do good, end quote. But doing good has not come cheap for the woke pair who recently made the decision only to have two children to help fight climate change. Well, I think if you look on the surface of their finances, which obviously we've found out in the last 24 hours or so, it's not looking great for them, to put it mildly. So just to take you through a few of the figures here. So the 2021, they had $11 million of private donations. 2022, that dropped to just $2 million worth of donations. Uh, and overall, this year, um, 2023, 2022, 2023, they have lost um, around $600,000, uh, not just because of donations, because of some other uh, costs associated with running their foundation. That's their charity arm of the Prince and uh, the uh, Duke and Duchess of Sussex, even, um, which is clearly not very good on the surface. However, a source, and I'm slightly skeptical, but a source has told the American publication TMZ that it doesn't actually matter that they've made more than half a million dollars worth of a loss this year because they've got $8 million in the bank. So I don't think they're going to go bankrupt anytime soon, but nonetheless, it's not a very good look for them. No, it's not a very good look for them, Cameron. And then being voted or uh, or described as biggest losers, uh, it's not going to be very good for the fragile egos that are Prince Harry and Meghan, is it? No, and I think if you look back to Endgame, that's Omid Scobie's biography of, uh, well, not biography, a look at the royal family, which was obviously very pro Harry and Meghan. We spoke about that a lot last week, didn't we? Um, Their popularity has not gone up. After that book, if anything, it's, I think, backfired on the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Of course, they maintain that they have never uh, taken part in that particular book. But then they've been even more criticised yesterday for releasing a very glossy one minute video of all the charity work they've done over the last year, including meeting veterans, supporting veterans, packing bags for schoolgirls in Nigeria uh, and supporting uh, Afghanistan women who've been relocated to the US. But the timing of the video being released has been called into question. Now, it could just be a complete coincidence 
that uh, the video was released just hours after the Princess of Wales released a video of herself mm. and her three children helping to pack bags at a baby bank. The cynic in me and perhaps what's been reported widely uh, on social media and online is that it was deliberately timed, this video from the Sussexes, to upstage or at least attempt to upstage the Princess of Wales and her three children. Um, as I said, it could just be a coincidence, mm. but their last video and their last report on their charity work came out in January of this year. So by that standard, we shouldn't really have been expecting this report until next month. Breibert reported that Archwell's total expenses exceeded its revenue the year before, leaving it down by more than $674,000, according to the public filing. Its revenue in 2021 had exceeded $9 million. The organization's executive director, James Holt, earned a salary of $227,405, including a $20,000 bonus in 2022. The figure represents a 280% increase from his salary of less than $60,000 in 2021. Prince Harry and Meghan Merkel also faced more bad news earlier this week as they were named show business's biggest losers of 2023. They also faced a belittling on South Park and were dropped from their lucrative $20 million Spotify deal. The royal couple has also faced a roasting in the Hollywood Reporter's brutally honest rundown. James Hibbard contributed a scathing review noting that they were labeled grifters by top executive Bill Simmons. Earlier this week, NBC reported a judge ordered Prince Harry on Monday to pay nearly $50,000 pounds or more than sixty thousand dollars in legal fees to the publisher of the daily mail tabloid for his failed court challenge in a libel lawsuit the duke of sussex is suing associated newspapers over an article that said harry tried to hide his efforts to retain publicly funded protection in the uk after leaving his role as a working member of the royal family and that is your news for today. This has been your Cross Politic Daily News Brief. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that share button for me down below. If you want to sign up for a pub membership, a magazine subscription, or tickets to our next conference, head on over to fightlaughfeast.com. And as always, if you want to send me a news story, if you want to ask about our conference next year, or if you want to become a corporate partner of Cross Politic, email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For Cross Politic News, have a great rest of your Friday, have a great weekend, and Lord bless.